0: We have some more people coming. Hi, guys. Oops. Hello, hello. Yes. OK, just to make sure. So we're doing a live recording, but it's no way is it formal. You guys, we're very. It's very not formal. <laughs> yeah, it's very not formal. Um, so we're going to get started. We have some people on YouTube who are listening in. Hi, Elizabeth. I didn't get to say hello to you before. I want to first thank you guys for all coming. Um, Susanna, no, just kidding. Susan and I actually thought of this together. We were at dinner with one of our clients, um, and we were just talking about, she actually has a teenage daughter. We were talking a lot about, like, just the things that happen to young girls and how do they get information about certain things, and then we start lamenting on, how horrible it is if you have to like get something fixed as a woman or what a, you have a let's say you have a bump or and you want or a bruise pops up as you get older and you have to literally like wait for months and then we start talking about literally that healthcare is usually around just reproduction and there's so much more to women than just reproduction some of us don't want to have children some of us want to have one and done some of us like there's so many things so to just narrow the focus on women's health around reproduction seemed very politically wrong, literally wrong, like there's morally wrong. It was a lot of things. So we said, what the hell <laughs> is going on with female health care? And that's how this actually started. That's a very EHE way of things starting. We think about it. We want it. We see a problem. We quickly think about a solution. We, we get ourselves together, and we think, okay, let's try to drive impact. So I want to thank Susan, because she was there when it was created. And we did said, let's have a party. <laughs> we were like, can we drink? <laughs> well, there'll be wine. So we were like, okay, let's have a party. And we love this space, so we want to thank our partners at Colette, um, at, What's the actual? 620 Park. No, 630 Fifth Avenue. But if you haven't been to our offices, our offices are two blocks south. Um, And so we use this space a lot. So we want to thank them because we literally were like, we want to do it. Here's the date. Can you make it happen? And they did. So a lot of people uh, have asked us where where, what the health came from. I thought I'd give you that background before we get started. And we're going to start recording soon. So again, not formal, um, but kind of formal because we're recording. Um, And this is our seventh episode in two months. It's amazing. Three months. Yeah. And great topics. Great topics. Okay, So we're going to get started. Hi, I'm Joy Altamari. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at EHE Health. I'm very excited because I have my friend and my colleague and someone I admire, Trish Shiva. Correct. I realize three months, like we've known each other for three years. Three years. I've never said your last name out loud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in all the truth, I didn't know how to say your last name either. There we go.
0: <laughs> so, so we, I was like, hey, how do you say this last name? But we're so excited. She came all the way from California. Um, they're our partner at Wildflower Health. I'll let you talk a little bit about what they, what you guys do, what you do, and then. We'll jump into today's important topic.
1: So first of all, thank you for having me. And it's so cool to be in front of this audience in this incredible space. Women only.
0: Women Women only.
1: Um, But we like men. Yes, we
0: love (laughs) ally men. Men who are allies. Yes, yes. Um,
1: So I work with client success. And really my job is to strategize with our clients to ensure that we're offering solutions and tools that are going to help them be successful. Uh, We focus on women's health. We've been around for 10 years. And while our main focus right now is truly women and children in that maternity space, we are about providing and supporting um, the best care for every woman, every time. And I think that's kind of key because while a lot of healthcare revolves for women revolves around fertility. Um, those everything that is happening to you in your early 20s and 30s and 40s affects you later in life. And so when you look at what healthcare has um, for to offer for women and what we can do as employers, as women with voices to um, help women take care of their needs, I mean, like it all starts here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, part of why we wanted to have this discussion today is because we really, I was very upset when they started talking about Roe versus Wade again. I was, couldn't really understand why we are revisiting it. Mm-hmm. There's so many other topics to talk about and laws that should be reversed, but not this one. So I was really pissed off, to be honest. And then I thought, well, anger doesn't really help unless you can turn it into some action. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with women's health. We really want to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. The goal is to talk about and to talk with you guys. So there will be some time after for question and answers, which is atypical for a podcast. That's why we love podcasts. We don't have anybody asking us questions ever. But we're going to have questions today or comments because you guys have the power. The women in this room have the power to request change. But some of you have the power to make change. The employer population, the employers, they actually can tell the pay, the, provi- the payers what we want, what we need when it comes to holistic female health. So I got fired up, as my dad would say, I'm from Tennessee, got fired up and was like, what can we do? Um, when we look at what's going on, I had a conversation with someone in our office the other day, because they were like, help me understand how this political thing around abortion mm-hmm. can really impact women. And so if we just take a step back, we're we're in intra-COVID, I call it. We're not post-COVID, right. so we're still in it. We see six million women have left, so there's a huge exodus of women. And when you make a law, or if you change a law around the freedom of abortion, it's not about if you're pro-life or pro-choice, it's about the ability for a woman to govern her own life, right? right? We already are talking about maternal uh, death, high maternal death right. rates. We're talking about inequality in pay, all of these are connected when you talk about women, right? Because if I can't make a choice about my own life or my own birthing choices, then, I ha- then it's a slippery slope to other things that I may not be able to make a choice about. So p- historically, we know that female health is all about re- reproduction. Right. And it sounds like when I say we're just talking about Roe versus Raid, I'm talking about that, but I'm really not. I'm talking about the power to have your voice heard about your own body.
1: Right.
0: A lot of times you don't have that happen when you go to the doctor, right? We talk to, to our doctors often about that. That's, you guys talk about that a lot.
1: Right, we, we do. And I think if you think about that really intimate moment, whether you're choosing to have children or not, um, if, if there's a fear, you're actually inducing fear of finding out more, getting the information you need. And that, at an early age, can still affect you the rest of your life. Right. And so as adults, I mean, You know, my company, we have a Slack channel for menopause. That's where we share information (laughs) about our health and what we might be able to do. Mm Because often as women, we suffer silently. We maybe ask our friends, oh, you know, our mom and grandma had that and I just got to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I think menopause is a very important topic because we don't often address it in the workplace, right? We rarely talk about it. But menopause mimics a clinical... Condition. Mm-hmm. You have hot sweats. You sometimes you have brain fog. We know companies like Chief, which we're both a part of. Right. They've thought about the extension of their care for women in so many different ways. Number one, they have bereavement for miscarriages. Right. Number two, they have. Uh, you can take. You don't have to go on short-term disability or long-term disability if you're going through menopause. You can take a leave of absence. A, a leave of absence that's paid mm-hmm. up to three months. Like, when we're talking about changes on the employer section, that's what we're talking about. Because menopause is not just something you have to deal with.
1: Well, you, you go through it. Right. But you can actively manage it. And yeah. if there are benefits, if the healthcare system is there to support you, you, you can make a plan. You can work through that. I mean, why is it that you have to break a hip before you have a bone density scan? I do, not at EHE Health, though. But, okay. <laughs> well, no, but, but, that, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. kind of the point. And so, again, going back to the benefits we offer, um, a woman at 50, I mean, myself versus somebody else, two different things. Correct. My kids are out of the house. I'm thinking more about that later stage in life. There are other 50 year olds who have children who are five to 10 years old, and they're thinking about childcare. Oh, and then we have aging parents. And so the benefits that we need to support us yeah. really, um, it stems from where, um, what, what, what do we need to support our lives in order to be more productive, yep. healthier, happier, better employees. Yep. Um, and, and that comes from asking.
0: You talk a lot about disjointed care. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what that is and how that looks and some of the things we should do? Well, disjointed care. So
1: uh, let's see. I probably don't have a great example right now. But <laughs> it's like you, OK, so you offer maternity or, or parental um, leave benefits but then you don't really have any type of childcare benefits. So mom is supposed to come back to work at three months. Great. And is there any support network there? So companies offer a lot of benefits, and they kind of throw things that look fun, that are kind of sexy. Yeah. But are they really going to service the needs of the individual through that Period.
0: I have a good example that's probably periods. very relevant. So we're bringing people back to work. Mm-hmm. We've been working from home for two years, and we say, "Hey, it's an option, though. You don't have to come back to work, right? You don't have to come back to work." But to piggyback your example, yeah. I have children who I need to pick up after school, right. so I don't have after daycare, right? So I actually will work from home, but I'm also in the trajectory of my career where I need to show up physically mm-hmm. in some places to get that promotion. So when you're thinking about your benefits, it's, whole, it's thinking holistically like, okay, well, does this is work for every person? Does it work for men only? Does it work for, to your point, 50-year-old moms with 10-year-old kids? Mm-hmm. Like, does it work for everyone? And then the culture shift that needs to happen, so if we make this change where it's a hybrid situation, employee, employee leaders respect it, right. right? So the HR team who's looking at promotions is talking to the HR teams that's looking at benefits and saying we need to not punish women who actually can't come in the office. Right, Right. and,
1: and so that actually takes a conscious choice and yeah. awareness of just because you're no longer in the office doesn't mean that you're not eligible for that promotion. Right. And if that's not an active conversation in your organization on how you're going to compensate and ensure that those people are getting the recognition for the efforts that they're putting forward, you know, it's, we're going to fail.
0: And why this is all around female health is because if a woman is worried about her paycheck, then she's not think she's having anxiety that could lead to other things and how she manages her life. So it's like you can't just think about healthcare as a healthcare benefit. It's you have to think about everything as an employer of how I actually how the how the employee is receiving it. Right. That's what we're always talking about.
1: Right, and so with the employers, um, I, I mean, you'll, you'll hopefully you'll leave with a few recommendations today, but honestly, ask your employees, ask. Get down and talk to every level of the organization, both male and female, because guess what? Men are also carrying a lot of benefits for their families, for women who are at home or their partners who are at home, and making those choices so that they can actually be at work. And if we don't listen and we don't ask, the great resignation is going to continue. And not only are you going to lose employees, but you will not be able to hire. And so it's very real. So today's center's around women, yep. um, but you know, our advocates, it's across the board.
0: I think that, I think your point about like tips, it's also not just talking to your employees, but talking to each other. I think we should at EG Health create like an employee resource center for our partners. So you guys can learn from each other. Because I know that some of you have amazing ideas that you've executed, and I think others would want to hear them. Right? Veronica and I are going to start it. We're going to figure it out.
2: Because Le- I think Learn if, from each other. Yeah.
0: Learning from each other. Because I do think, as women leaders in your organizations, it can be lonely. I'm the only woman on the executive team, so I know what it feels like to be lonely. Trish works with only, I think there's two guys.
1: We're now going to have three, and we like Matt and I, Yeah, I work with the most amazing um, leadership group of, Shout of out women. To Leah, who's Leah the CEO. Sparks, her yes. CEO. You know, when she found a wildflower, uh, she actually signed her first seed funding as she was going into labor. I mean, she yeah. is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, she knows how to create great uh, mat leave programs, and she was in that process. <laughs> yep. Okay, so it's really weird, but we have gone really, uh, we talked a lot. It doesn't seem like it, but. I wanted to just leave a couple things. Holistic healthcare for women, what are some things we can think about? And then we're gonna open up to questions.
1: Holistic healthcare. Well, okay, starting with value-based care. Yeah. Um, traditionally, P P P E P M type of services per employee per month or services that offer um, based on employee engagement. There's a lot of digital healthcare tech that's out there right now, but it's not, all together and i think you need to have programs that really transform so it's not just about engagement it's about behavioral change it's about outcomes and so wildflower has really been working on healthcare transformation that allows um, the providers the payers the patient to all be engaged in the system that rewards quality yeah and so holistic healthcare starts with that quality outcome and um, Prior to COVID, we've we've seen, you know, value-based care around conditions like hip replacements or or, or even some diabetes type things. But when it came to women, our stuff is complicated. It takes a long time, you know, pregnancy is a long time. Um, When you look at, Women who are aging, you know, menopause is a condition, but how do you put something around that? And so, yes, while there's population-based um, programs, they're not really centered around women. They're just like basic health, and we need to do more to support her through that journey. And we can do that by. F- focusing on that quality, rewarding providers um, on quality, and really arming your OBGYNs to provide care. You get your blood drawn at an OBGYN and they see you high blood pressure, or high, no, cholesterol, high blood pressure, cholesterol, they're gonna refer you out. They can't do anything about that or they won't do anything about it. So imagine a program. we an OBGYN. Health. Yep, oh, I- well, OBGYN <laughs> Health. But imagine a program where that OBGYN is able to support you.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so we're going to have Colette walk around if you have questions or comments, because most of you are very informed. So you may not have questions for us. You're actually probably more of an expert than we are, but if you have a comment, you have something else to say. I was going to say, how did this go so quick? I know. It's how it is. It's <laughs> just like people always get nervous. They don't want to do the podcast. And I'm like, it really is 20 minutes. And then we have wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, why would you not want to do it? Any, any comments or questions? I know Arvashi's going to say something. I can feel it. Yes. Ravashi's going to say something.
3: Say who you are and where you work. Sure. Can, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Ravashi Segal, I work at Danone. Here's my boss right here. Doha. And I used to work at NRG. Here's my boss right here. Elizabeth. How, <laughs> how lucky am I to have... I'm, in I'm still in awe right yes, now. Yes. A sandwich between my bosses. Yes, yes. <laughs> Love it. So, I mean, I think it's wonderful... Um, the fact that you're having this event is amazing. Uh, We do need to focus more on women's health. Uh, You know, at at Danone and also, as I recall, years ago from NRG. um, (laughs) She's the perfect. Maternity is is our high cost claim. But why? Is it the infertility services that are not working? Uh, Is it um, all the other issues that happen uh, with maternity? Perhaps depression, anxiety, uh, musculoskeletal is on the rise no matter what. Mm -hmm. We have factories where they're predominantly women of color. Uh, We need to target and um, determine what makes them tick and what makes them understand our communications. They're at different um, age bands as well as different educational levels, speak different languages and they live in communities that are more rural, perhaps health deserts, perhaps food deserts. So those are the things that we think about, but it all really starts with preventive care. We have low utilization at Danone. Mm -hmm. We're trying to target that, get them engaged in health, get them engaged in getting their COVID-19 vaccine. Those are some of the hot ticket items for Mm -hmm. us, but focusing on those specific populations and making it more approachable. We're looking at um, putting in a targeted digital navigation um, Uh, app to help them, you know, only with information they need. So they don't feel like, oh, I don't need this. So I'm going to disengage. I'm going to, you know, deselect or not even participate, making sure that they engage in annual enrollment. Uh, They're not doing that right now. So we're kind of making them more um, a uh, consumeristic mindset where they participate and um, clearly, you know, provide them resources that will resonate with them.
0: I love it. I love the consumer side, I love the digital side, but I love the prevention side, right? That's and like amazing.
1: And what I heard, really heard was the personalization side. Yes. Make it personalized to that individual. Offer different levels of um, information in different ways yep. so that they can consume it and make informed decisions. Yep. That's
0: really awesome. We love it. We have another one, Maya from Pivov. If you guys don't know PVOV, they're our partner as well. We love them because they're really focusing on creating strength around here for women um, so that they're not having issues as they get older, as they age, after they have a baby. So we love the PVOV team.
2: Yeah, this is more of a comment as well, and I love this conversation. I'm so happy you're having it. Um, We think about it a lot. PVOV is about, well, when I think about a woman, right, I think about the fact that our biology is incredible, right? The things that we are able to do is unbelievable. But because of it, we face so many challenges and obstacles. It starts when you're 13 and you get your first period and you're PMSing. It continues when you have PCOS, um, you know, pregnancy, post-pregnancy, the pelvic floor, then menopause and post-menopause. These are things that we deal with constantly. And it can affect our mental health, our productivity levels, our confidence, and everything else. And so it's just amazing to see this conversation happening around women and what it is that we do. Uh, and what we create and, you know, just like you said, the the continuation of care is so important mm-hmm. and um, just wonderful to see this being brought to yeah. the forefront.
0: I hope that you guys definitely, thank you Maya, feel empowered to go back and we, you know, this is not an advertising, I keep saying HE Health, but it's not really an advertisement for us. It really is, we wanna have this dialogue very often. We wanna lean into this community of women often to say, what are you doing? How can I do it differently? Or this is what I learned when we did this, let me give this to you, a nugget to you, because my fear, and I'm sure some of you share this, my daughter who's seven in 10 years may have worse healthcare access than my mother who's 70 mm-hmm. when she was 17. She may have less options. That, all of us in, our, in this room can change that. We all have our own personal mission of why this is important. I would say tap into that and let's figure out a way that we can change the way the world can be in the future. It is, we, it is our jobs, we all work in this industry, and it is, uh, it is a blessing to be able to have these jobs, but it's also about the legacy that we can leave later for someone else, right? Those kids, both, guys, both boys and girls, to mm-hmm. understand that women, what you say, our bodies are miracles. We do a lot, but it's very complicated. Thank you guys so much.